This is a side note, actually, but I was thinking one day it'd be fun if we could do one of these like in a diner. Welcome to Spinsters, a podcast that would not be itself if we didn't bring up uh, labor rights and unions at some point. I'm Haley O'Shaughnessy. And I'm Jordan Liggins. All right, cool. Well, do you want to tell me all about the WNBA playoffs? Because I want to hear about them. And I was Googling and I do have questions, so I'm reserving these for you. Great. So it's the most wonderful time of the year. It is the WNBA playoffs. I feel I like you need season, to sing that if you're going to say it. I, it's the most wonderful time <laughs> of the year. Is that good? I got to yeah. really practice my singing voice. But the season went by pretty fast, I feel like. It was broken up. There was an Olympics thrown in there. There was a Commissioner's Cup. There was like a bunch of added stuff. But we're here. And it starts this week. I'm so excited. It went down to the wire on Sunday of who, what the seating was going to be, who got the last spot. The New York Liberty snuck in there and stole that A spot from the, the Mystics Sparks. and the Sparks. Yes, we were talking about it last week. They had a chance, but Dallas beat them and then tweeted some shade at them and called them the Los L-O-S-S Angeles Sparks. I'm like, damn. <laughs> damn, that's how we play it? How right. dare they use the Spanish language against them? <laughs> Ooh. So I that mean, they already spicy. lost. Spicy. They already yeah. lost. But it was a close game, so I don't know where that shade came from. Dallas already had is the seventh seed, so they had nothing to prove. It was just extra spice, so... <laughs> I'm kind of here for it because the W is fun. But anyway, Thursday, single elimination. First two rounds of the playoffs, just as a reminder, single elimination games. The Liberty, who are the eighth seed, take on the fifth seed, who are the Phoenix Mercury with Diana Taurasi, Brittany Griner, Skylar Diggins-Smith, who was playing out of her mind this year. That team, even though they're the fifth seed, they're really scary. Like, it's going to be a good game. And then seventh seed, Dallas Wings against the sixth seed, Chicago Sky. With Candace Parker back in the playoffs, not in a Sparks uniform. Not coached by Derek Fisher. Not coached by Derek Fisher, but James Wade, who is amazing. So let's see if that makes a difference. I wish you guys could have seen the hole Jordan stared into Derek Fisher's head. Also, it's really funny because we had amazing seats at the Sparks game, and I could see his clip, his, uh, what do you call it? Dry erase board, the Mm -hmm. little clip thing. And it had, it looked really nice because it was a perfect mock-up of the Sparks court. But all he was doing was drawing, there was like a little arc and he kept just drawing it <laughs> over and over and over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's like showing NECA something and she was like shaking her head and he was like nodding yes and like just drawing this little arc. Yeah. It looked extremely unproductive. <laughs> like the most, like, they were, we're saying really nothing to, to watch each other. Coach, Coach Fisher. Yeah. Do his, his best, his absolute best, best, which is not 
very good, to be fair. I mean, they did mm-hmm. win that game, but whatever. Yeah. Not, yeah. Uh, anyway. Okay, this is my question. Between between Phoenix and New York, mm-hmm. what I get from this, from watching a bit, from falling in love with characters, New York are the good guys? Mm, kind of. It feels like they're the underdog. You want to cheer underdog. for them. Yes. Good guys. They're, they're the underdog. I don't know if it's if it's the good guys. I think that's an interesting thought because with New York and what this is going to be played up to be is Sabrina Inescu versus Diana Taurasi or Sabrina Inescu versus Skylar Diggins-Smith. But the reality is it's Benajelani's team for the Liberty. And she is great and an amazing player. But everyone keeps putting Sabrina Inescu over her. Why is this and, ha- why is it happening like that? Well, because Stephen A. Smith can't even pronounce Benajelani's name and he can pronounce Sabrina. <laughs> mm. Like there's a very there's a s- levels to this. Um, but she, you know, Benajelani was most improved player. She was an all-star this year. And I think that's going to be the matchup that I'm most interested in, how she steps up into the playoffs and, and has her time to shine. Sabrina's going to be great. She's going to do Sabrina things, but I, all eyes are on Benajelani for me. Who's she going to guard? Or who's going to guard her maybe is the... Yeah, I think it it might be Skylar. It might be um, Kia Nurse, who used to be on the Liberty last season. Um, Benajelani usually plays like a 3-4. So it, it anyone that tries to guard her, keyword tries, <laughs> will be all eyes on them. <laughs> well, that's what I was saying. If it's Skylar, that, that was my assumption, but I wasn't sure. Then maybe mm-hmm. this is the... The game, I was going to say the playoffs. Maybe this is the game where people start to realize how much she's done this year. Also, it really could be as simple as people in the media not taking the time to learn the correct pronunciation of her name. I mean, there's all kinds of things that make people like, and I'm using air quotes right now, marketable and other people not. And I think Sabrina is just like a combination of so many things. And you're not the only person I've seen say this where they're like, yeah, she'll be great, but she's so young. And you guys are putting a lot of this um, responsibility is not the right word because it's almost like flowers as well to this young player who is really good, but is, you know, not necessarily the reason that Liberty are where they're at. I'm like a sideline, sideline observer for all this stuff. (laughs) So I don't want to come in with the opinions, but these are literally things that I have seen people say, which is vague, but is also where I pick up a lot of things Mm -hmm. that then become my opinions because I am absolutely subject to, um, group think, which is why I try to (laughs) stay off Twitter during the games. But... (laughs) Yeah, that's what I've seen. That's what I've seen. Um, that just makes me think of, like, I think tennis 
is the biggest example mm-hmm. of what people think is marketable women's tennis specifically because yeah. it's an individual sport. And so after years and years and years of people saying like Serena is not the most marketable tennis player, you kind Which of start like, to understand why. Which is ridiculous. Obviously she is. Or was. Like, you know, for years and years and years. And now, yeah, she is a bit older. Younger people are coming in mm-hmm. who have new wonderful personalities. Um that are fun to explore as well. But yeah, it is, it, that's fa- a fascinating thing with the Liberty, especially like a team that was on the bubble. So, you know, they're not the premier best W team this year, but they yeah. were covered a lot because of Sabrina. Um, yeah. Is she, has she had like a, an underwhelming year or she just had a year that's, you know, she's young, like, this is what was expected, or do people just put unrealistic expectations on her? Yeah, you know, I think that's a good, that's a good point. If I were to compare it to anything, it was like Zion going into the league in the sense of, like, this is really her first season. Last season was her rookie year. You know, she was the first game of the season. They matched her up against Sue Bird. It was, like, the new generation coming in, like it was a lot. And she only played three games. So the rest of the league carried on. And now she kind of had her coming out season this year. But I think it also was the hype died down a little bit. But even just to what I was saying earlier, you know, how they do like the matchup and they have her face. And people who are real WNBA fans are just like, she's not even the leading scorer. Like, she's not even the best player on the court. But you go into marketability or what somebody has seen her face before, probably over Benajelani. So you're going to know that Sabrina is playing. So there's there's a lot going into it. I don't want to say she had an underwhelming season, but she was kind of playing catch up. She yeah. she had a lot of pent up when I, I I talked to Sabrina earlier this year and she was just ready to play like she actually didn't care if she was won any awards was a leading scorer she wanted to play she wanted to help her team because she couldn't last year and I think just as a basketball player as somebody who loves the sport she just wanted to get out there and I think. She has that, you know, Mamba mentality. She has that in her. So when the playoffs turn on, I think we are going to see another side of her because she like she rises to the occasion. When it's a big game, lights are on, she turns on. So that's going to be interesting to see if it's enough. You only got to beat Phoenix once to get to the next round, but is it enough? It's hard. I mean, for... NBA players and W players, but to be like a media darling, mm-hmm. it's hard. And I think W players have a lot more pressure on them young as well because, well, the, I, not more pressure, different pressure. With an NBA team, if you are a just a basketball darling, actually, because it's not just the media, it's like fans who put these expectations on you mm-hmm. um, and teams and, and everyone, then the pressure is to help win right away because if you have a lottery pick chances are you're a shit team and so you need to be elevated right away or you're like the Warriors and Warriors fans saying James Wiseman is not good enough um just wild in his first like two months (laughs) at at his first real job um (laughs) but for W players it almost makes me think of 
similar pressure that Freddie Adu faced. Mm. Um, everyone should go listen to the Freddie Adu podcast that Grant Wall did. Um, where, you know, you're like, be the face of this league. No, you can be the face, and we're going to take the next step with this league. And obviously with the MLS, it was a lot more like, hey, this league exists, and we want it to, to – uh, we want people to know it exists, whereas mm-hmm. the W is like miles ahead of that, and it's like this league's really good. We want people to understand just how good it is, how good the product is. So I do think the stakes are a bit higher for young people coming in, especially with – I'm not going to say it, but a couple of the best W players who are probably the most beloved um, by general fans who are not maybe like diehards are maybe on their way out in a, in a year or two. Mm-hmm. Um, not to name any names, but I do think there's a pressure of like, can you be the face? Can you be the face? You know, cause, and there's just added pressure because when we talk about is Giannis going to be the face of the NBA? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like, uh, it's just a conversation to be talking. I mean, it doesn't really matter. Like, yes, he's super marketable. Anyone you pick will be super marketable. It's kind of the same with the W. Um, but the pressure is is added on there of like this is a league that people um, maybe don't appreciate enough. So you're the one who we're going to put our resources behind. And that's exactly what goes into putting her face on a poster or not a poster, like, you know, the matchup, the the graphic for that they're using on social media and on commercials and everything. That's why you see someone um, – it's calculated. It's all calculated. So I do feel bad for the players who are – not chosen to be those people and also in some level feel bad for sabrina because that's a lot of pressure to then be like i mean i don't know where she's at uh in you know scoring on her team but i don't think she's the leading scorer but it's also to give her credit what when i wrote about sabrina when she was in college and you know talking to her later in her rookie year she does have this Sabrina effect. She is so good that she makes other teams, other situations better. And if you look at the Liberty, they were dead, almost dead last last season. The year before that, last. Like, really at the bottom of the standings. So I think it's also something to say, like, they may be the last seed. They're all, In the W, you take the top eight teams. It doesn't have anything to do with conferences. They may have stole that last spot, but they are not last in the league. Like, they've made jumps and bounds to even get to this point. And I think they are a young team. They're starting to gel together. So if if I was them, I would be happy that we made it, but not satisfied. Like, you do have a chance to upset this fifth seed. But going into Phoenix a little more, like, they're on a roll. Like, Skylar Diggins did not get a lot of PT in the Olympics, but she's just been like, I don't know, just this cloud of confidence over her game and is kind of un, like you can't really recognize her. Like she's aggressive, she's attacking, she's shooting a high percentage. So yeah, I would not want to see her (laughs) with a title on the line and like a chance to play Seattle next. Winner of this game plays the storm. And again, you only got to beat them once. And then you're into the semifinals. Like, yeah. if you think of it like that, like, we only got to win two games and we're in the semifinals. 
Like that's a it's a different stakes for the W. No, that makes sense. Um, and it may, yeah, your Sabrina point makes sense as well. Point makes sense as well. Makes sense as well. <laughs> <laughs> Why did that sound wrong? I get it. I was Thank like, am you. I attaching a plural to the wrong word? Um, <laughs> you should help me make a a W playoffs drinking game or single Ooh. elimination drinking game. Yeah, I would love that. I was just thinking about that. I was thinking about uh, which, like, what to attribute a Skylar one to. And then on the other side, are you cheering for Chicago? It seems like Chicago is the more lovable team out of the two. Not saying anyone's unlovable, but everyone has a favorite child. Everyone has a favorite child, and I probably would have been rooting for the Wings, but that Los Angeles tweet really did not sit well with me. I was like, no. So you're going to lose. I also 5,000% want Candace Parker to go further than the first round. And even the second round, this Chicago team has always really been stuck of like, we're good, but we're not great. We're just on the on the brink. If you look at their roster, you have Courtney Vandersloot, you have Candace Parker, Allie Quigley, all of the Diamond DeShields, you have all stars in your starting lineup. But like, what? is it that you guys just can't get over and like freeze in the playoffs? So I'm hoping that Candace Parker is this missing piece for them. They make it further. The Minnesota matchup, you know, whoever wins out of Dallas and Chicago, Minnesota is waiting for them at the third seed in the next round. That's going to be a great game. Like whoever wins, that's going to be a great game because Minnesota just plays hard. But I'm rooting for Chicago. Yeah, me too. Me too. And if Dallas loses, you have to yeah, tweet. What do we have to? Dallas. Dallas. <laughs> like it's just too easy. If you have an Damn. L in your name, you can't tweet. <laughs> you know puns for other teams losing. Dallas. Got to think wings. about you know repercussions in the future. Yeah, fly home to sit on the sidelines and not be in the playoffs anymore. Yeah, it's bad. I mean, we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, it's already playoffs, on my drafts. <laughs> playoffs drinking game Thursday. I'll be doing it. I'm just going to wait for Jordan to, oh, and then we should share it on the Spencer's account. Yes. Yeah. Just be gentle because God knows after the pandemic, I just, the tolerance is gone. <laughs> No, it'll be good. It'll be good. It'll be like um, when we went to Vegas for summer league. I was like, uh, <laughs> how much have we drank? Oh, so it'll fun. be good. You'll be friendly. I will be friendly. It'll be good. Other news from today: Malika Andrews. This is, mm. of course, the Malika Andrews fan club podcast. Yes, got a show. She did. An NBA show. What's it called? NBA Today. <laughs> Bad name, but let's move past that. Yeah, um, let's speed past that. Not the best. Not the best choice. It is. Uh, do you have the, the informational tweet about it? Because I don't have it pulled up. But yeah, I, I think what well, goes without saying, but was said, is that it's taking the jumps time slot. I think they're going to have all the same guests. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I think it's meant to address the same thing. What's going on in the NBA today? 
not yesterday, not tomorrow, <sighs> today. Today. Oh, but it was, yeah, she signed a multi-year contract extension. And unfortunately, Kendrick Perkins will still be on this show. But Chanae will, will be on it, which we love her. Oh, she's and so And Vince good. Carter and Zach Lowe. Um, okay, so I am excited that the show, there's going to be another NBA show. Of course I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I think if I, you know, I'm a TV watcher, what do I want out of a show like this? I just hope that it deviates a little bit from just telling the news and then giving reactions, which is right now yes. the basis for all sports media, except yes. for like feature writing. Um, I don't know how you do that. I don't know if it's like now that, you know, they've got Vince and well, Kendrick, whatever, um, you can talk about the, you know, player perspective. I don't know. I kind of hope that they can channel what Old Man and the Three, which is the podcast with J.J. Reddick and our friend Tommy Alter, mm-hmm. do, which is more of – it feels like a modern approach to mm-hmm. take talking about basketball news um, or just even the NBA or just getting – it's not even all the time about the news. It's just about the players. And, um, yeah, I hope that that – I hope that's more of the approach that they take or partially even because – NBA news cycles are just like tiny spinning wheels inside <laughs> larger yeah. spinning wheels. You know, it's yeah. like if there was a, t- a mini hamster and he was running, but it was on a her fingers, bigger. but they were very close. <laughs> it was a really small hamster, <laughs> like Guinness Book of World Records small. And then it's inside a bigger hamster wheel because it feels like something's always happening mm-hmm. in the NBA, especially even during the off season. But that actual, that something can stay the same for months. Like the Ben Simmons situation is a good is a good example of that. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's what we're talking about every day, potential trades. Will the CJ McCollum thing work out? Would Minnesota really be able to give something um, that would make it worth it? But we nothing has actually happened right. in that story. So we're story. just continually talking about the potential of something happening. Yes. So (laughs) let's just, you know, I have high hopes for the show. I think um, if you could change the name, what would you change the name to? Like, put her name in it. Like, Midday with Malika. That's so cute. I just thought of that right now. That's so cute. I just some, like, NBA Today, it was all white men at a round table being like, okay, so the show. We're going to talk to the NBA, and it's going to be daily, and what happened today, NBA today. Like, that's how they came up with that. There was not even a thought bubble, or what is that exercise? Like, spider web brainstorming? No, I know like, what you're talking about, the cloud None exercise. of that. Yeah. None of that happened. None of that. I know. Like, did this bypass the focus groups? <laughs> all they of just them. didn't have time to get yeah i know they, they did have not all. have time this was thrown together because they didn't want it to call it the jump it would have been even better if they called it like the hop the hop yeah the skip <laughs> the squat <laughs> the load up because you have to load up your legs before you jump like come on we all know what this is replacing so yeah 
They were it's, like, it can't have the word the in there. Yeah, it can't. At all. <laughs> she could take That's the name similar. we decided not to go with, which is all baskets, no balls. That would have been perfect. Except there, I guess there will be men on the show, but whatever. We could pretend there won't be. And which brings me to, uh, you know, just yet another suggestion because I guess this is like consultation corner now. I know. We're like giving away free hours. We got to bill ESPN for this. Maybe we should get a theme song. Um, <laughs> what blackmail Ooh. could Kendrick Perkins possibly have on ESPN mm-hmm. executives that he keeps getting these jobs? Mm-hmm. Like, has this also bypassed the focus group? Did he walk in on somebody cheating while laundering money while murdering somebody like did he hide the body (laughs) maybe it's like Ted Lasso he brings in little cookies every morning to his boss oh yeah it's the perfect recipe that reminds this boss of their childhood and so he feels a strange kinship to him like I just is the players union paying Kendrick Perkins under the table to um like give some spicy takes so the players feel more obligated to like win and prove him wrong. I don't think the player, I feel like nobody knows what he's going to say and he doesn't even know. It looks like he does like 30 minutes prep before anything that he's on, including like the draft, like a very big event. He does zero prep. But it's also interesting to me. You don't even say their names right. And I'm, I'm like, just this like, is the NBA. How are you going to do the, pull the sexist thing of mispronouncing names? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Obviously, that affects everybody. But it does. Aff- Actually, there's that great article we shared earlier in the year of like, it happens a lot with yeah. the W. Yeah. Arike Agumbawale was just talking about that. Yeah. And as somebody that recently did play-by-play with some foreign names. It is actually really hard, but I spent a whole day practicing and I heard I had them all send, um, like their coaches sent over a, a voice note of oh, how to pronounce really it. So I got it right because I know that there is so, you know, it's your name. It's, mm-hmm. it's something that you're playing for. It's on the back of your jersey. It means a lot. So I, it's hard, but you have to put in the effort. Yeah, it's, it's necessary. I mean, it's like a necess- the the job is to talk about what these players are doing. And mm-hmm. part of that is identifying them correctly, 100%. That's really smart about the voice notes. Um somebody should text Kendrick about that. <laughs> um I feel like also part of his planning is like how could I make this offensive? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Immediately. Like, I'm going to tweet something so offensive right now that's going to put the Twitterverse on fire. And maybe that's why ESPN is just like, maybe it's blackmail. Maybe it's just fear that he's going to tweet something outrageous about ESPN. And they definitely put that in his contract of like, you can't say anything bad about us. And if they terminate that, then he might spill the beans. Which, yikes, who wants to read a Kendrick Perkins tell-all book? Not I. <laughs> but like a, even a notes app tell-all. <laughs> yikes. I just thought of another name. Okay. Um, you know the Drake song, Houston, Atlanta, Vegas? 
Mm-hmm. What if they did that, but they smushed together all 30 teams? So it's like every city. Wow. And then to be on the show, you have to be able to pronounce it correctly. Wow. Which it's takes Kendrick idea. right out of there. Because <laughs> he's like not going to learn Sorry, it. Sorry, don't pass. Can't be on it. This is the yeah. new Oh, that's good. I wonder if somewhere out there in the internet land, if someone has tried to put all of the team names together. Connect. Uh, well, they have. Yeah. So they have to be connected by a vowel. Mm. I'm like looking off into the distance as if I'm going to try to do it right now. Yeah. No I, I was thinking about it for a second. I'm like, no. <laughs> Just West. It would probably have to go by conference. That would probably be easier. That would be easier. Yeah. I mean, just not enough. Houston, Atlanta. Well, I guess Vegas, they just attached on there. Yeah. Um, much to think huh. about. Um, much to think about. Yes, yes, yes. You know what I but wanted I to like bring that. up with you? Because you had told me that you didn't really know the ins and outs of it. Mm-hmm. I got to admit, this really has nothing to do with basketball. But I do think there's a lot to be learned. Um I say this has nothing to do with basketball. Didn't we just talk about Love Island for like 30 minutes? <laughs> Two weeks ago. <laughs> I was gonna say it's it's the NBA off season. We can we can do what we want. We're getting closer was, to the season, but go for it. I was at a pig roast the other day. This is not the thing I was about to get into. And even though we should, but I did my British accent and it was so good from watching so much Love Island that people were making me say more things. Wow. I've honestly thought about like if I wanted to leave this life behind and run away and just assimilate, I could go to London. Or actually maybe I'd want to go somewhere smaller. Like what's this? I bet there's a fucking town named like Darby Hampshire or something. <laughs> I'm going to Darby Hampshire. <laughs> and start your life anew. I'm just gonna start I'd read my that life. Book. Yeah. I would yeah. read that book. Well, yeah, American do girl a with a great British accent runs away, starts a new life. Sounds I great. just came up with a great. This is my problem. I keep coming up with these ideas, and I'll say them in the moment, and someone will say like, "That would be a good TV show," and I'll think I should I should pitch that as a TV show, and then literally four minutes later, I'll forget everything I said. <laughs> good thing this is recording. So you got this. You got this. It's crazy. <laughs> I come don't, back to I it. think that a lot of people have the thing where their brain cells naturally, they come back. Like they repopulate. I think that mine just keep going down. Like the count is low. <laughs> <laughs> Stop the count. Stop the count, your brain cells. Um, Okay, can I tell you about this anyway, U.S. Yeah. Soccer Federation drama now? Okay, so I'm, I am going to try to go through this quickly, but this is going to be story time because there is quite a bit to it. I love it. I'll if I leave something out, um, just feel free to harass our um, producer on Twitter. Not me. Um, <laughs> That's perfect. Okay, so this goes back a while. So did you, I guess my first question is, why, th- why is this relevant? Did you see the tweet? That the U.S. Soccer Federation tweeted out last week about um, the U.S. Women's National Team. I did not, but I know that there has been a lot of back and forth and just some 
spiciness going back <laughs> to spiciness tweets and throwing shade when there doesn't need to be, especially from a federation. I think that's what kind of caught my attention most about this whole story. Yes. What I'll do is tell you a sentence that's on the tweet, and then I'll reverse from there. So U.S. Soccer Comms, which is like the Federation's communication department, um, which I guess if if this isn't totally clear, because governing bodies can be confusing, the U.S. Soccer Federation, USSF, um, I almost said R. God damn it. Um, the USSF. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, they are like the governing body for the U.S. women's national team and the U.S. men's national team. Okay. Um, for U.S. soccer. So they tweeted a quote tweet to the U.S. women's national team players account and essentially within that tweet said that they had pulled a publicity stunt. So by making hmm. that documentary that they made for equal pay. Um, this goes back okay. a while. So I'm just going to rewind. Basically, just just know that the end of this story ends with a governing body telling its players that they are bad people. Amazing. Which is just a wild thing. So, okay, so in 2019, the U.S. Women's National Team filed a lawsuit against the U.S. Soccer Federation. Mm-hmm. You remember this, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so they violated, they said, you guys are violating the Equal Pay Act because you're paying us less than the men's national team, and you're discriminating against us because of our workplace conditions. Hmm. And I'm pretty sure what they meant by that was that they play – on artificial turf a lot more, yeah. which is yeah. um, more dangerous. And uh, they do definitely play on it more than the men's team. And I think the other thing is, like, echoes a lot of what we hear about um, what happens to the W, which is, like, the charter flights, the hotel accommodations yeah. are worse, medical and training support, like, there's not as much money there. So they bring this lawsuit, and the Federation tells – the judge, well, I wrote his name down, Gary Klausner. Okay. The Federation is like, actually, the women make more money. And technically, they did because over the period that they're talking about in the lawsuit, the women averaged $220,000 per game in total payments, and the men's national team averaged two hundred twelve thousand okay. um, okay. <laughs> per game in total payments. But the number is really misleading because the women performed better. So they won more money for the federation. So the rate oh. they're being paid is still lesser. Right, because they and played more perfor- games. And their performance bonuses are smaller. Yes, exactly. Interesting. Okay. So it's very, like, that was that was foul of them to say. And mm-hmm. then they keep getting progressively more offensive because while the proceedings are going on, in March 2020, the Federation decides to defend itself against the lawsuit by arguing that the women have less, quote, ability than the men because of the, quote, different levels of speed and strength required for the two jobs. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. And then they were like, oops. Um, <laughs> fast forward to the ruling. 
Gary, the judge, says, no, this is actually the union's fault. You guys should have negotiated for a better rate. Sorry. So this is May 2020. Right? Yeah, exactly. He's like, no, actually, this is totally the union. And what the women's defense was, was that they were never going to offer us anything better. Like, there was no negotiating out of this. Exactly. Yeah. Plus, it's, I'm sorry, but saying union and this is an organizing body, like, this is a federation versus like a corporation mm-hmm. you know you're you're not unionizing against like a company or a corporation corporation your your union is negotiating with something that's supposed to govern you right it's and like facilitate the for company. your best interest yeah it's really yeah weird. Oh, so geez. all that happened in may 2020 that's when the ruling happened which is like we were pandemic babies you know like still making pasta and sourdough bread and playing puzzles <laughs> no totally also paper. like a, and, and a lot was going on so i can mm-hmm. understand why like maybe this has slipped by because there were some really big things happening in the world but now mm-hmm. i feel like it's kind of catching up a hundred percent yeah well and even before then because that previous july congress had introduced oh, i forget the name of the act it was something where it was like supposed to be catchy. Like the acronym was supposed to be catchy, but they were going to prohibit funds for the 2026 World Cup, which is going to be held, um, hosted by the U.S. and then also, you know, in Mexico and Canada. Um, They were going to prohibit funds for that unless the Federation gave equal pay to the U.S. women's national team, Hmm. Um, which is interesting. And then after, (laughs) actually, that's funny, because after the judge's ruling came down joe biden tweeted which i'm just like dude you just were running for president you wanted all the clout possible (laughs) he tweeted um to u.s women's national team don't give up this fight this is not over yet and then he said and he tagged them and then he said to u.s soccer and tagged them equal pay now or else when i'm president you can go elsewhere for world cup funding (laughs) Uh, like, bro, do something about it. I don't know. Give me rent control in L.A. And then get on Twitter and talk about how you care about wrong money situations. Like, <laughs> it also I'm going to pay seems- in, in 10 days, dude. <laughs> the clock is ticking. <laughs> I also feel like it was just a trending topic on Twitter. And then his team was like, OK, you got to talk about this somehow, something. That's They're fine. like, yeah, you you like women? Like, da-da-da, <laughs> go ahead. Like, I didn't mean it. That was actually has a sinister double meaning, but... Anyway, I'm just like, all right. Uh, <laughs> all right. Joe Biden, thank you for your performative tweet. Um, still nothing has changed. Fast forward to 2021. The women appeal Gary's ruling. Mm-hmm. They said it is, quote, legally wrong and defies reality, which I just love. That's um, a good line. Meanwhile, like for years in the game since and even now, like especially now, I guess, Every crowd for a U.S. women's national team is screaming equal pay after mm-hmm. every win during the games. I went to a friendly they had in L.A., definitely pre-pandemic, so I don't really know how many years it's been. And they were playing uh, Ireland, and I heard it, like, for at least five minutes, um, Which is maybe really longer. really cool, actually. Super cool. And it came after the U.S. Uh, won the World Cup. Which World I don't I. Again, years, but the last one. Um, 
people were doing it as well. I mean, people hate the U.S. Soccer Federation, like hate. Fed oration, like <laughs> makes you think, okay? Makes you think. <laughs> okay, so now there's recently, I want to say last week, again, it's, you know, time. There's this ESPN headline that says the Federation is planning on equalizing everything by putting both teams under one CBA. So they get this ESPN write-up. The headline says, yep, everything's going to be equal now. Like, don't worry, guys. But the U.S. women's national team um, team says, like, actually, this doesn't address back pay damages, um, working conditions, Mm. and it undercuts the actual goal. But it's hard to see that from the headline. And... I got this actually from the ESPN article. One anonymous source said, quote, the way they want to solve the women's problem is not by increasing the women's income fairly. It's by cutting the men's CBA down to the women's 2017 to 2021 deal numbers. Hmm. So reverse sexism, I guess. <laughs> is it work Oh, my here? gosh. So just <laughs> they're just cheap overall. Yeah, no, they're literally cheap. And they're also <laughs> saying like, look, if we were going to pay you what you guys are asking for, we would be bankrupt. And I'm like, then that's a bigger problem. Out. That yeah, that's not their problem because they're actually doing their jobs and they're good at it. Yeah. And somehow they're being punished for being good at the thing that they're supposed to be good at. Yeah. It's like that Paris Hilton shirt. Stop being poor. I don't know what to say to you. Find the money. So the U.S. Women's National Team quote tweets the article that says everything's okay. fair now, like, you know, whatever. And they say USS, USSF's PR stunts and bargaining through the media will not bring us any closer to a fair agreement. In contrast, we are committed to bargaining in good faith to achieve equal pay and the safest working conditions possible. The proposal that USSF made recently to us does neither. Mm. So then remember that they also put out a documentary talking about their struggle for equal pay, um, you know, between them appealing. Got it. And well, actually, I don't know if it was between them. It might have been like while they appeal or whatever. That was really good. You guys should all watch it. Um, hilariously, I do not remember the name of it. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, we'll search yeah. soccer Harry- equal pay. <laughs> um, when Harry Googles it and messages it to us, I will tell you the name. Um, so then the U.S. Soccer Comms Department quote tweets the U.S. Women's National Team's players account and says, Mm -hmm. an offer on paper of identical contracts to the U.S. Women's National Team and the U.S. Men's National Team and to discuss equalizing prize money is real, authentic, and in good faith. Let it be said. Hold on. I'm I'm saying this. They did not use an Oxford comma. Okay. And Mm. then they say, a publicity stunt is a a 90-minute one-sided movie. So they're literally like, your little documentary, that was a publicity stunt. Okay. You see how they say one-sided in this? What's hilarious is that they were asked to comment in the documentary. They have to say, like, we asked the Federation (laughs) to talk to us for this documentary. And they were like, no. What kills me is that a Federation thinks being snarky is ever – I mean – 
I'm not a fan of you. I don't know who you are. I don't know who runs this account. Probably named Joe or something. Like <laughs> I grew up loving Mia Hamm. I grew up obsessed mm-hmm. with Abby Wambach. I, you know, have a news alert for Megan Rapino. Like you are never, I'm not a fan of you. I don't know you. I don't care about you. Like what I care about is these women who I'm fans of. That's yeah. how sports work. Get it, feeling like they are fairly compensated. Mm-hmm. That's what I care about. Do they think it's fair? I'm never going to start to see your side. That just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and just also being a fan of women, like all women, and wanting this for everyone to be on the same level and have equal pay, that's what we're rooting for. And that's why at the start of all this, you're like, oh, it doesn't really go with anything. This is exactly what we're about (laughs) on Spinsters and what we fight for is we're wanting to uplift women and to go against feds that say that they're go- they're in your best interest, but actually they're stabbing you in the back <laughs> about a documentary that they decided not to comment on. Why is this so hard? <laughs> I would just say also as somebody who's experienced a uh, gender-related wage gap, like the mm-hmm. gaslighting is so real. Yeah. It is. And and you can give all the excuses you want, but it's just like, I see what you're doing. Um, the documentary is called LFG, which stands for Let's Fucking Go. Oh, I remember that now because that's the thing. Yeah, that, yeah the team says all the time. Morgan. Great. Oh, my God. Great documentary. Everyone should watch it. I don't think it's one-sided at all. I think that, like, they're just embarrassed. Like, they're embarrassed. Yeah, the course. president they're tweeted covering it. Themselves. Congress yeah. had to make an act. Like, people are pissed. Also, a bunch of sponsors coke what's another sponsor um visa i forget there were huge sponsors that essentially told the us sf just first of all not catchy either hard to say <laughs> sounds too much like ssr like i'm sorry like come up with something else um <laughs> i don't remember oh the the companies told them this is embarrassing you yeah. guys are embarrassing us they're like we have enough we're done dark shit in our past. We don't need to be supporting someone who's going to be sexist mm-hmm. openly. They're like, privately sexist? Go for it. We don't <laughs> care. We do that too. But openly? Oh, no. No. <sighs> well, you want to call it? Yeah. I mean, what a spot to to leave it at. I think the moral of the story is that whether it's the W, whether it's soccer, whether it's in the workplace, pay women and pay more. them equally and more, more, <laughs> more money, more money. <laughs> we just chant. Yeah. No, I think thank you for sharing that. I love your passion for soccer and I love that we are rooting for this women's national team that we love and idolize because they are really, really good at what they do. And on the flip side of that, watch the WNBA playoffs because we also need to support women basketball players because women rule the world. Okay, that's Go my, Liberty. That, <laughs> that's my, my thing. But that's our show. Please leave us your voicemail on your thoughts on all of this. And if you've been watching Love Island, tell us, tell us your thoughts on that too. On our voicemail at 502-874-4453 or send us an email at spinsters at bluewirepods.com to be featured on the show.
Spencer's is hosted by me, Haley O'Shaughnessy, and Jordan Liggins. This episode was produced by Jordan, Isabel Jocelyn, Harry Krinsky, and Alex Ward. Our production coordinator is Devin Shepard, and our executive producers are Peter Moses, John Yales, and me. Hey, Jordan and Haley, this is Travis from Indianapolis. I just finished your in-season tournament episode, and I was today years old when I realized that WNBA had such a sick uh, tournament. I love that they have taken that and adopted it, and I think, uh, like, English soccer clubs have perfected things like this, um, and that they use it in a way that is, like, builds notoriety and makes the team money. Uh, I think the NBA, if they were to do it, you are totally correct. They would have to cut their 82-game season down, make it worth something, maybe somehow give it some prestige. And, uh, yeah, I think it'd be fun. I'd love to love to see it happen. But y'all are, are making me a fan of the W. I need to really dive in and go see some games here in the city. Thanks, y'all.